lucky few podcast listeners and friends. We had so many incredible conversations in 2023. And before we kick off a new season in 2024, we're going to be throwing it back to some of our very favorite episodes from last year as we get excited to hit a milestone. Y'all, this is the year that we will hit our 1 millionth download. We're so close. We're just a few thousand away. Listeners, we are looking forward to another amazing season of shouting worth and shifting narratives for people with Down syndrome from all of us here at the Lucky Few Podcast. Thank you for your support and enjoy this throwback episode. Okay, friends. Hi, Micah and Mercedes. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi. So if you can tell, I'm wearing my fur coat. Listeners, you can't see this, but it is a coat that I got. This is the funny part of it. I got it when I worked in Hawaii. (laughs) As you do. After Josh and I got married, we moved moved to Maui and I worked (laughs) in a store called Cache. Have you guys heard of Cache? (laughs) Oh gosh, hey listeners, if you've heard of Cache, (laughs) I need to know. And I got this fur coat. It's faux fur with don't be mad people, a real raccoon. This is a real raccoon. Which is problematic. Wait, 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 wait. How is it faux fur and it's from a real raccoon? The rest of it is. Like this, oh. this the body of the coat, friends, it's a brown looking thing with like a lining that looks fur, oh, but the body of the coat gosh. is faux and then there's like a raccoon <laughs> fur on the neck. It's, I got, I bought it 21 years After ago. living in San Francisco so. where there was a real raccoon <laughs> issue, the the pest people had to come out and remove raccoons from people's backyards and houses. I feel like of all the animals whose fur we might put on a coat, I feel content with the raccoon being used. That's just my hot take. Hot take. Raccoons are the worst of the furry creatures. We might lose a follower or two. Anyways, all this to say, Listeners, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I have really strong feelings about the weather and temperature, (laughs) and we have now entered into winter because it's the winter months, and I am in Southern California where winter is is mild, relatively speaking, and I'm already done. I am done with winter. I'm recording in a fur coat because it's so cold, (laughs) and all the Iowans are like, that's not cold, but it's cold for me, So, (laughs) and the New Jerseyans. (laughs) Are thinking that's not cold, Heather, but I'm cold. Fair. My my office where I'm recording right now doesn't have heat or AC, and I have to use a space heater, which I just turned off for the sake of our listeners. Listeners, <laughs> I just want you to know I love you, and if I'm shivering during this, oh, I almost nice. said during this performance, <laughs> during this during this performance of the Lucky View podcast, it's because of my care for all of you. <laughs> You don't have to hear my heater. I was going to say by the end of this episode. <laughs> I do. Get, pass me the raccoon. You need a, fur, a raccoon fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> this coat is actually in my giveaway pile in our office. Okay. So I might just. Um, actually, don't. No, actually, no. Actually, <laughs> no. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Listeners, head over to Instagram for a picture of my raccoon coat. I'm and take then I'll take one after Heather sends it to me. I love that. And then we can send it to Mercedes, like the traveling pants. Yes, it'll be like the magic pants. <laughs> Friendship coat. 
Oh my Please gosh. do it. I can't I wait. And then I'll have and then I'll get to keep it, right? After gosh. two giveaways. Oh, it's forever mine. <laughs> oh, forever. Uh, isn't the magic coat supposed to make you have wonderful things happen though? Like people fall in love with you. You get like you win the lottery. I hope so. Get the job of your dreams. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Starting now. Starting now. I'm not taking this coat off. Okay. Well, I'll let you know how the day goes. Sisterhood of the raccoon coat. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. We'll see what happens. Okay, people. <laughs> Enough of this. Let's shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Today, we're talking about a topic that we got thinking more about from a post we shared in our team group chat. And the post asked, is there such a thing as a difficult parent? This got us chatting, and then one of us finally said, let's bring this discussion from the group chat to the pod, and that's what we're doing today. We have some thoughts and feelings on this one, friends, so welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Okay, friends, we have a really sweet review from a listener named Amber. You three have been huge inspirations to me and our family over the years. I appreciate that you keep it real and lovingly honest. Oh, I love that lovingly honest. Thank you, Amber. We really try and we really appreciate you listening. Friends, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And now you can leave us a review under any new episode on Spotify. We love reading these and appreciate your support. Okay, friends, we're going to get into this conversation. So let me set the stage a little bit. There is an Instagram follow. That's one of my favorites. It's open future learning with underscores between each word. And they're, they're, they say that we are, we are an online learning provider, 100% dedicated to the intellectual developmental learning disability workforce. And they, their posts are some of my all-time favorite. And I think that it's, a little bit provocative, which I like. I think they're pushing the boundaries and challenging um, some of the harmful thoughts in the disability space and everything they post. I'm like, yes, I'm just on the same page as them. I really, really appreciate what they're putting into the world. And one of their posts was they they do these modules, these learning modules that educators and school districts and workplaces, you can like purchase a, a kit, like a learning like you would for like an in-service or some kind of a training. Um, you can do it as an individual too, but they will post little clips from some of these modules. And one of them was a woman who was asked the question if she thinks she's a difficult parent. And so I'm going to read what she wrote or what she said, quote her. And then um, it just was very thought provoking for me, especially as I used to be an educator who worked with, I'm doing air quotes, difficult parents. And I am 100% that difficult parent now. And and so it, yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. But let me read this. This is from, she's a mother to a child with an intellectual disability. Her name is Maria Hodomarska. She says this, you ask me if I think I'm a difficult parent. 
I will own the fact that as the parent of somebody living with a disability, I do walk into any professional encounter with my back already up. And that's because I spent my entire life as my son's parent having to fight. So there's, she says more than that, but that one quote was like, oh, me too. Me too. So I would love for us to chat about this a little bit and think about, I'd love to hear from you guys and discuss like, what does it mean to be a difficult parent? What does it mean to be an advocate? Are they one and the same in the culture that we live in? Why? I don't think any parent, I don't think the majority of parents want to be seen as difficult. I don't. I'm a pleaser through and through. I hate everything about that idea of being a difficult parent. And is it avoidable? Mm. Where do we, where can we avoid it? Should we avoid it? Is it just part of the, the gig of raising a child with Down syndrome or intellectual disability? So those are all the questions I'm throwing at us this morning. What do you think, ladies? Where do you want to start? Oh, man. I feel like I loved how she acknowledges the, the, the seamless of knowing that she's like, okay, I enter spaces knowing that like a lot of the times it's not the space for my kid, right? Like that there's going to have to be adjustments. I'm going to have to mention something. And I feel like that's not difficult, but anytime, right, you have to speak up, you feel the sense of being too much or difficult even in small ways, right? Like say if you got a hair in your food at a restaurant, you're like Mm. torn. Should I mention anything? You know, like, oh, that feels difficult. And when it's your child, it feels like necessary. You have to, you have to overcome that tension of should I say something? And you say something and then you have to say it again repeatedly if you repeatedly go to that space. So I could see how, you could be coined as a difficult parent, but I I feel like tone and if there's mutual respect, it's not difficult. It's like highlighting that there needs to be continual change and effort. Oh, that is, it goes hand in hand, right? It does. Mm-hmm. Every time you have to speak up, you yeah. feel like you're being a difficult person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it, we have to start with the definition of ad, mm-hmm. like what it means to be an advocate. And um, I don't know if I've ever sat right. down and thought, mm-hmm. what is the definition of an advocate? But, you know, that as, as your child's primary advocate, your job is to say what they need out loud to the people who can give it to them. And and also Mm -hmm. to work to make that possible. And uh, I think there's no way around Mm -hmm. making people uncomfortable. And I guess that's the question is like, is if you make people uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. does that mean you're difficult? Mm -hmm. Or does it just mean Mm -hmm. you're an advocate? Like, can you be an advocate making people uncomfortable while still like having an open line of communication while still being respectful, while still being generous. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to do that. But um, whether or not you're going to be deemed difficult is yeah. not really something you can control. You can control like how respectful you are, how you communicate, 
what you accept and don't accept. But yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about moments where I feel like has my, I think my people pleasing has taken over and how much of that is like my awareness of just mm -hmm. how the world works and how, um, and was it my people pleasing? Like I, I, a few weeks ago, Ace went to the social skills group that his speech therapist wanted him to go to. And it was with kids his age who had, developmentally were really in a different place. I mean, they were like just struggling with how to ask for a friend to play, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so Ace goes in there with his talker and he just keeps saying, I want mango. I want mango. And then they start laughing about it. And the kids are like, I want mango. I want mango. And to me, I was sort of like, mm -hmm. this is what happens. Like, this is a, like, he's probably not in the best space. We didn't go back to do this social skills group. And, uh, and they, mm -hmm. but they're like little kids and they are like, well, how funny that mm -hmm. the one thing he says is I want mango and that he makes his little machine say that. And Afterwards, she was mm -hmm. very apologetic to me. And I sort of mm -hmm. was like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what happens. I, you know, this is the world he lives in. I just try to, as much as I can, like cushion that so he doesn't end up in those spaces where yeah. kids don't understand or where he's not, doesn't have the space to say what he needs. So should I have been more difficult in that moment, stepped in and been like, Mm -hmm. no this is his voice and mm -hmm. like you're mocking him and and or should I have let it right. play out the way that I let it play out and um so maybe for her I wasn't difficult and maybe that made life easier for her but maybe I didn't do mm -hmm. what I should have done for Ace that's interesting and thanks for sharing that I think that mm -hmm. there's like so many pieces there one is mm -hmm. it like I think that we become get this title of difficult parent and there it is and within that, sometimes we speak up and sometimes we don't, but I'm like it in a school setting or in any kind of setting that is a group, some kind of a system setting that's like dance class or church or school or whatever. These are places that we attend that there is a sense of, I'm already going in there as a difficult parent because I'm like the this woman says, like my shoulders are up. Josh and I talk about right. shoulder up, shoulder down spaces. Mm -hmm. Like I go in with my shoulders up, yeah. highly aware of what's happening or not, feeling the need to call things out or not, and calling things out a fraction of the time because I don't have the emotional capacity to do right. it and understanding the weight yeah. that's on my kid in those spaces. And so then choosing to step out completely because that the, I hate the fight piece of it, but it's just the right word. The fight is so present and prevalent every, like everywhere you go this is what's happening and i think for me when i think about being an advocate i'm trying to right a wrong and the wrong i'm trying to right is that my kid with an intellectual disability is seen as fully human mm -hmm. and given an honorable space in every space and that is not the world we live in so that that is a fight that doesn't happen naturally it's just not happening and if i'm going to be in a place, almost any place. I can think of like five spaces that we can go to as a family, or I can take my kids with Down syndrome where I I don't have my shoulders up. Every other place, my shoulders are up. And 
And if I'm going to be pointing out the wrong that I feel needs to be righted for my kids, then then I am labeled as difficult. And I don't think there's a way around it. I think that even in the all, like you both had said, there's like relationship and there's honoring. And I can think of so many examples over Mason's last 13 years of school where we have had those really great relationships. And it has been me coming in with this like label of here comes that parent, there's that mm-hmm. mom. And I, and then I can get, go in and point it out and be gracious and firm and, and, create that relationship and then we can move forward and it isn't. And at the end, it's like, oh, you weren't being difficult. I just have learned so much. My life has changed forever. Thank you. Right. Like that can be it, but it starts out with here comes that mom. Here we go. And then to get, and then you get new teachers. Right. So it's like, oh gosh, we're in it right now with Macy in the school she's at right now. And it's like, they're, they're saying, has it worked before? And I'm like, yes, let me give you a dozen examples of situations where this has worked and where and this is why because we were able to come to a mutual respect of one another and I and what I was saying was heard and received not fought against right and then we could move forward from there but if there but if there's that wall up or if there's that like as a parent you get to you can tell this is a situation that there it is worth my time and effort mm-hmm. and the fight and the energy, and then it's not right. And then you, and then you mm-hmm. step back, and you're like, I yeah. just can't. We just can't fight all the time. It's so wearing. It's mm-hmm. so wearing. Yeah. I think too, as adults, and maybe as even for some women, I feel like when we use our voice to speak up, um, and when you when you use the word firm. And what was the other one that I really appreciated? You used Ooh, firm. I don't remember. And it was like almost like gentle and firm, but or something. I feel like as women, we could be seen as either drama, aggressive, mm-hmm. or yes, difficult. Just by simply talking with any kind of authority and um even like wisely or just going against the grain, right? Which when you're raising a child with disabilities, going to public places is going against the grain. Right. And I feel like there's so much that I've had to personally like work through and continue to work through. And I've mentioned this before of like growing thicker skin because I feel like I generally want to be seen as bubbly and upbeat. And then when becoming a mom and that mama bear comes out, but more of an advocacy way or wait, like, hold on, this isn't working for Sunflower. Can we change this? It has felt like when I come in with grace or like passivity, um, I have to come in a second time, right? I have to come in a third time and it's not taken seriously. So Mm -hmm. then I feel like you can develop skills of like a firmness of like, no, we need to get this taken care of now. And then I feel like, oh, now I'm being kind of difficult, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. to keep, it's like sometimes yeah. the yeah. gentleness isn't received with authority. And then, mm-hmm. you know, your firmness yeah. then yeah. is kind of like, oh, whoa, too much. So I see how it's just so hard to speak up. It's so hard to be an advocate and not offend. 
not be too much and then get that label as difficult. You know, even if you're being kind, not rude, but firmness can be seen as rude sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. I guess then that's Mm -hmm. what I am. That makes me think real quick, if I can say this, um, there's a Martin Luther King Jr. quote where he says, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves or gentle as doves and wise as serpents. And just that, like how they're, how it both have to happen at the same time. And I think that has been one of my best lessons having kids with disabilities is like that there's always this gray line, that there's a third way, that it's not one, there's not this dualistic thinking of it. You have to be this or you have to be this that these two conflicting ideas are happening at the exact same time. And mm-hmm. that's actually how it's going to work. When we step into these spaces and we're challenging the idea that it's one way or the other, and we're like, oh no, both can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself can be alarming for people, can make people be like, wait a second, I don't know. I don't. I no longer know how to function in this space. And you can become um, defensive or whatever whatever it is that you're met with when you're trying to say to somebody, Oh, my kid has value and worth just as they are that simple idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be entering a difficult, I'm going to be a difficult mom next week as I go into the IEP (laughs) and we are having a um, discussion, even though I homeschool Sunflower does it through a public charter homeschool program. So we get our IEP And right now she is in mild, moderate placement. And due to her like test scores, they want to offer her different services that she can only access if she has a severe um, label. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel, which they know, and I feel like I can be kind of a difficult person because I'll go into it like I did last time being like, I know your suggestion is that she be in severe placement, but I want you to know I will not have that as her placement. Mm -hmm. And so then they they go, okay, and then they still have to give their spiel. (laughs) And then I'm like, great, I will not do that. So I'm going to go into this again, saying I do not think that's the best placement for her. But I do feel that if you know she can access um, tools that would benefit her and fit where she is academically. I need those accesses. Those are the ones I want for her without changing the label. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be something that we'll have. To, I know I'm walking into and I'll be shocked and pleasantly surprised if they say, okay, we'll try it out. I'm prepared that they're going to say, we can't do that. And then I'll then prepare myself saying, okay, then we're going to have to take the steps of making that happen, whether that means I need an advocate or whatever, I'm prepared to make the steps to make that happen. You know, you just like have to think worst case scenario going into some places and like you come in guns blazing, you feel like to make sure you're ready. Right. Mm -hmm. Or because if you don't, then you're cut off guard. You're emotional about it. You're not well-spoken. Right. So I, I, feel like I'm preparing myself to be a difficult parent because that's what I feel like will advocate for her or to make me feel strong in those settings. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as parents with kiddos with disabilities, we have to muster up strength, you know, all the time to be strong, Mm -hmm. to like, be like, no, no, no. To say no to people when that just feels so foreign 
in other areas of life. Yeah. 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 And don't you feel like, I mean, because we're women, because we live in a society already that says, mm-hmm. here's what a good woman is. And when you step outside that line, if you are too demanding in general, if you mm-hmm. are too powerful in general, if you don't adhere to what the cultural standards are for being like a sweet lady, then there's, you're already going to deal right. with right. pushback in the world. And even those who naturally are just mm-hmm. like a bigger presence, a more um, like people whose personalities are more type A or people whose personalities are mm-hmm. um, aggressive in not in, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like aggressive right. in terms of like, I know what Assertive. I want and I'm working yeah. hard and I'm getting there. And yeah, right. Like there, there's already mm-hmm. not space for women like that in our culture. And then you, so as moms going into this, this place where like you Mercedes are not a person in normal life who goes into meetings and says, yeah, totally. yeah I'm not doing that. Um, like, you know, in general, like that's not mm-hmm. your, that's not your style, but we are, are in a place where we just have to do that. And, and so I, I think that that has also made me more aware because I have always been like a naturally easy to like, outgoing, you know, happy to not push any boundaries if mm-hmm. I can. Like to have this experience as being a mom who needs to go into these spaces and say, actually, I know you all five of you have agreed on the proper thing <laughs> for my child and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's why and here's what we're going to do about it. Um you know, our, our, as far as we've come in 2023, our culture still does not know what to do with women who know what they want and say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And say it on behalf of a disabled person. Like, right. like the, the cultural norms that we are fighting are really strong. Mm-hmm. And, oh gosh, yeah. It's such a, it's such a good point for, like, to hear that as a woman listening, as a mom talking about it that there's other layers there and other pieces and then I and then I think Mercedes you can speak to this and then you're a woman of color right then you're a black mm-hmm. woman and there's that layer too where it's like gosh you feel like you're tra- you're being a diva or like oh yes I don't know like I should snap my fingers and you're like no I just know yeah. when to speak up and speaking with authority shouldn't just be held for a man in a suit in a conference room in power, you know, right, sometimes right. that means being on a mm-hmm. Zoom call in my living room talking about the IEP for my child. Right. Yeah. I was going to mention now, okay, now I know because I've been on sports teams, mm-hmm. I know of difficult parents. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do want to now yes, do the opposite right? of like, yes. you know, I know a difficult parent, right? Not, not pleased, needs their kid in front, you know, um, not reading emails, not being involved. Right. Like I know difficult and that's where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be labeled with them. because I know a difficult Mm -hmm. parent who seems ungrateful and I'm trying to even think of an example, but it's hard except for like 
thinking their kid should be in a certain position that their kid is not equipped for, you know, but then I think about that and I'm like, oh, you know, I want Sunny in a position, (laughs) you know, that she's not yet equipped for, but I think (laughs) she can be. So I don't know. I don't know how to like hold those kind of things because I feel like, like you said, Heather, our kids are the third way that time and the time allowance and exposure will help them get the skills they need. Right. And that's not in a timeline that fits within a year, within Mm -hmm. six months, within by Mm -hmm. in two years when they're before they get to middle school or when now when I don't know. But a difficult mm-hmm. parent to me, I've heard of, right. and that comes with like attitude and not willing to work with you or mm-hmm. whatever. But I feel like as parents with kiddos with disabilities, when we come into a space, we're paving new ways and we're begging for them to work with us mm-hmm. in a new way, right? Not mm-hmm. just trying to disturb and and be difficult in attitude or in desire, but I don't know. It is hard because, but I do, I can picture a difficult parent and I just, I don't see us as that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's a, I think that's a good, a good point to bring up Mercedes because it, yes, I do too. I can think of difficult parents. I can think of difficult parents in the Down syndrome community that, and in in an IEP setting and in a educational setting that it's like, ah, it doesn't have to be that way. Like just going in so aggressive for the sake of what? It's like, what's the end goal here? Yes. Um, and when you're fighting a, a, an injustice and you're looked at as a difficult person, that's one thing when you're literally being difficult because you're being a brat, like, cause you right. want this thing that it doesn't, there's no injustice involved. It just is like, this is, everything's fine. You're just not right. getting your way. Yeah. Um, like I'm not trying to get my way when I'm, right. when I'm a difficult parent, I'm trying to make sure, like I said, that my kid is seen as fully human mm-hmm. and is given access and opportunities in the world that non-disabled people are getting. That's not me trying to pitch a fit to get my way. And right. I think, so I think that's a different, a, not a fine line. That's a big difference in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it is unfortunate yeah. to have the same label on yes. both parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I was talking yeah. to a friend a couple of weeks ago and that with some things happening in our world today that are affecting her emotionally, well, mm-hmm. all of who she is very, very significantly. And she was sharing how um, she said this thing about how she's processing it. And she said, I know that I look like I'm unhinged in the way that I'm responding here, but I'm fully aware of what is happening and mm-hmm. and my reaction to what is happening. And then a friend that she was talking to said something to her that I wish I would have written it down. I'm so regretful that I didn't. But it was something along the lines of um, you're acting unhinged because this is the appropriate response in this kind of situation, Hmm. you know, where it's like when your child doesn't get the thing that they want on a sports team and you become unhinged, that's not the appropriate response. But when your child is is being seen as half human and being pushed out of spaces that every other non-disabled person gets to be in and you start to become unhinged about that, that actually might be the appropriate response in that situation. Mm. so so that idea of i am unhinged mm. but it's clear to me that's more exactly what that's exactly what she said i am unhinged but it is clear to me mm-hmm. and when she said it what she was talking about was not anything close to what i'm dealing with with our kids but i thought mm-hmm. oh my gosh 
that resonates so true for times that I that I could be looked at as like, oh no, lady, settle down here. And and for me, the unhinged is not like, ah, which it can be appropriate sometimes. It is just me fighting the system, fighting, 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 saying the things right. over and over and over with the room, 12 people yeah. in a room looking at me like, what is this lady's issue? Like you seem unhinged. Like, oh no, no, this is very clear. Right, right. Yes, yeah. because what you're dealing with, I mean, it's that same question of like, is the response appropriate? Well, the response to my child not being seen as fully human is Mm -hmm. it's appropriate for me to be angry. It's appropriate for me to insist on their full human rights. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, then then you're the one who is not Mm -hmm. seen clearly. You know, you're the one who is missing this big picture and I'm the one who's Mm -hmm. responding appropriately. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. We're going to put that whole thing on a t-shirt. It's a lot of words, but (laughs) you're the one that's inappropriate. You're the one with the issue. (laughs) Wear it to the IP. You, sir. I am unhinged and it's appropriate right now. You are inappropriate. (laughs) Your unhingedness is inappropriate. We we just had a um, behavior support or, or behavior intervention plan created from AC. So they have to do a whole assessment and it's happening. It happened and it takes over a certain amount of days and blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, I think the appropriate thing to, that needs to happen is while that assessment is being done, there needs to be a, an assessment at the same time about how inclusive is the school, like mm. what inclusive practices are mm. being implemented. Because this yes. is one does not work without the other. Right. And so y'all are going to sit and assess my child and how she is behaving and how to stop her from behaving that way while not looking at the thing that is causing the behavior. <gasps> yes. It just is. It. I just was frustrated by it. And so that idea of like, you're going to call me a difficult parent. Why don't we flip that script and look at the di- the difficult situation? So the situation is difficult. Mm-hmm. The idea around what's happening is difficult. The system is difficult. Not me, not my kid. Like, when do we get to the point where people are like, thank you so much for stepping in here and saying these things that I didn't have an opportunity to think about before. Right. Well, wow, this is hard, but that's not difficult. That's just hard. And that's mm-hmm. life. I love you. Heather. Yeah. That is such a thought provoking thing. Is there anybody that assesses school? Is there accountability? Who no. Asse- no. gives the school an assessment? <gasps> Gosh. The school does. You guys. The school, they, they just assess yeah, themselves. Yeah, the school decides if it's being accountable. <laughs> they need to be, there needs to be, you know, like food business. They have like an A or B or C. I need there to be another board who like, Look specifically yes. at the special ed department, if that's what they're called, and give them a grade and have there be some yearly like reassessments and stuff. I mean, yeah. accountability is so lacking in these systems and they go years, yes. decades, decades upon decades without changing. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Wild. Yeah. The, re- the re- restaurants get shut down for having rats. Who's, who's looking for looking rats? in our school? <laughs> in these systems. Where's our oh rat right? My daughter has to like show improvement within six months oh. of 
having a talker, I want to see the improvement of her advisors and her supervisors. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see also some improvement on what they think she should improve on. Like, it's so wild that there's so much put on our kids' shoulders. Yeah, this this open teacher learning, you guys need to go on their Instagram account listeners and just follow or find them and watch the videos that they share. There's another one they share. And this woman talks about like, could you imagine someone just following you around all day, checking off whether no. you're improving or not on every single thing like that? We're just going to mm-hmm. sit down and create a list on ways in which you can improve. And then we're just going to like follow you around and check those boxes. That's what we're doing to our, to our kids. And I, and I don't want to bash IEPs. I like, there's a place for things and there's a lot of good and there's a lot of good people and a plan is important. And like I, that does exist and it's there, but if it's not working, then it's not working. And we've got to, we've got to look at the bigger picture. My big plea to our IEP team with Macy and what's been happening this year is can we all just for a second pause and recognize the trauma. And I'm not using that word lightly because it's a, it's a big word and it's an important word that I don't want to take away from people who have experienced trauma, but as being a person in a world that you are rejected from the time you are conceived, like the time Mm -hmm. that you are diagnosed rejection. And that is your story. And then for us with adopted kids, like to the point of, I will not parent you. And so, and there's some layers there, but that's the foundation, right? And then, and then you yeah. walk into yeah. every space you go and you experience rejection, rejection. And then all of a sudden you're 15 mm-hmm. and it's happening. Can we just have some compassion for her behaviors? Like how would you behave mm. if that was your life? This is what's yeah. happening. Yeah. This is what's yeah. happening. So yeah, I'm going to be difficult. I'm going to wear it, wear it proudly. That's our shirt. I'm going to be difficult. I am a difficult parent. Put it on a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name Put it is on. Heather. <laughs> and I'm a difficult parent. <laughs> so now that we all know what parent. we're getting into. I'm going to have the one with the arrow. I'm with her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that difficult parent. Look at that for Josh. But it just, yeah, it just gets me fired up, obviously. Because like we've said already, I don't want to be in this role. And it shouldn't have to be this way. And the last thing I want to do is step into a room and be the person that like all eyes are on me and and all those eyeballs are rolling. And I don't want totally. to be that person. I know. It's awful. It feels terrible. Yeah. And you feel annoying sometimes because I'll be like, oh, hi, guys. Me again. You know, <laughs> we tried totally. this one thing yeah. and, you know, it actually didn't work. Ooh, Can we try oh. a different thing? You know, you feel that way. You feel annoying. Every time. You're like, and I almost always want to be like, I'm sorry. I don't want to be annoying, but you know, I have found myself mm-hmm. saying that multiple times. And I don't want to apologize anymore, but I also want to acknowledge being human myself, like it is hard to hear you're doing it wrong, essentially. It's hard mm-hmm. to hear, um, can we create something different? Can you do more work to create something different? Like I know it's mm-hmm. hard to hear. Yet, I'm going to say it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I Can I add in one more thing that I think is just, I mean, I don't think this is a vital part of it, but it is something that comes to my mind a lot is that I think as the mom of a kid who I'm expecting a lot from Mm. the school, I always feel like 
there's a sense of why aren't you more involved and like that Mm -hmm. I could make up Mm -hmm. for it somehow if I were running something in the PTA or if I were showing up for the wreath Mm -hmm. sale or the, you know, the things that like the, the -hmm. good parents do. And I like, I'm just saying this for our listeners out there. We've talked about this before, but I am, I always want to feel known. I want the administrators and the teachers to be like, she's doing her best, but I can't convince anybody mm-hmm. that I'm doing my best. You know, that's, I, I don't have that ability and I don't have, they don't mm-hmm. need to hear it from me. <laughs> you know, they don't need to hear my sob story, but I also cannot yeah. do PTA. <laughs> I cannot no. do the wreath sale. I can't mm-hmm. volunteer at Santa's secret <laughs> shop. And um, I'm trying to have a career. I'm trying to raise my kid. I'm picking him up early from school twice a week for extra therapies that, mm-hmm. you know, we're driving 30 minutes to see this one person. Like there's no way for me to convince another, another right. adult in ACE's life that how hard my life is or how intense my schedule is or how overwhelming it can feel to try to get him what he needs. And, and that's just something I have to accept and work through that I, I may be seen as like the mom who comes in and demands all these things, but is not showing up, not giving back mm. to the community. And that's hard. I feel that. It's hard. I feel that. It's such a, I'm glad you brought that up. We actually was having a conversation with a mom like a couple weeks ago about this. And this has been ongoing since Mason's been in school. And my, my thing has always been, oh, as soon as the school accepts her, like as soon as this is an inclusive school and she can, she, he, my son, can just be a part of the school without me spending hours to make that the case. Absolutely. I'll join the PTA. So if y'all want to join my effort in making sure that my kid finds belonging here, then I'll have time to join the PTA because I guarantee you, I have spent more hours in meetings on campus, talking to people on campus, invested at the campus than any PTA person, just trying to get my kid to be accepted and find belonging at a school. So yes, when that happens, sign me up sign me up for all the things. But for now, my energy goes to that. Sign me up for things. the fun things, right? You'll sign me up for the positive fun things and my free time yeah. to sell to make money for the school when you use that money also to help my yeah. child. <laughs> and it is that catch 22 of, mm-hmm. well, if you're more involved, then there is more community and then there is that relationship and hopefully more understanding. But also I think I just, my experience has been like those, the groups that have power on campus outside of teachers, the parent groups that have power on campus, I've seen zero effort in making the school more inclusive or events more inclusive or, Hey, Heather, we like your kid's the only kid here with down syndrome. Can you come talk to the PTA about belongings that are, we know how to talk to our kids or did And then if that, there's just no effort to make my kid included. And I'm, so it's not like to spite you, I'm not right. doing it. Oh no, I don't have the time. That's what you're saying. Like there's I don't have the time because my time, my time is invested in this, which also will benefit your child. Well, and the energy, right? You're yeah. choosing to spend your energy on other things. And like you said, and how can we like convince anybody that the energy I'm choosing to do this way is better than the way they think we should be spending our energy? That's just so hard. Yeah. And as a mom who right. is always with Sunflower and I feel like I always do stuff. I still walk into the IEP meeting 
with them acting like I haven't done enough of the exercises or whatever. You still feel like mm-hmm. your yeah. effort is not enough because it's still measured by what they want to measure it by, not by the whole picture of your child's life, mm-hmm. right? From the whole yeah. week, the whole month, dentist appointments, eye point. They don't, can nobody considers that and you can't convince them and you're doing fine, Micah and Heather. <laughs> no matter what. ETA or not, we're helping a ton of people. Let them know, and we put our children first, and then fight the rest of the time with the school. So there's no time for PTA. Yeah, (laughs) no time. Yeah, no time. Take that guilt off your shoulders, parents, caregivers. Shake that one off. Shaking it off. We're doing a good job. I would also like to propose as we're wrapping up here. I think that we. What I would like to say is that it 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 isn't being a difficult parent mm-hmm. when you're advocating for your child. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I need to say that and I need to know that. I can't control whether other people see me as that or not. And that's not my goal. I think for me, that's the, that's the distinction is my goal is not for people to not see me as a difficult parent, but I know that I'm not being difficult. And when you're fighting for equality mm-hmm. for a human being, that's reasonable. That's mm-hmm. not difficult. And so I can sit with that and have some peace with that, you know, like that, what I'm doing was within reason, Mm. not being difficult. If you want me to, if you see me as difficult, Mm -hmm. that's yours to hold. That's not mine. Totally. And it's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but I think that's like a mantra for me of, no, I'm going to step away from this meeting knowing that I was respectful. I was kind. I was firm. And and in doing so, I ruffled a lot of feathers Mm -hmm. and that's on them. It's not on Mm me. Yeah. So reasonable not difficult maybe that's what the t-shirt says reasonable <laughs> yeah that's the that's the t-shirt <laughs> i'm not I'm reasonable <laughs> really i promise <laughs> and then underneath it's like yet we put in a little parentheses <laughs> reasonable not difficult yet push me we'll be. Just kidding. well i'm not kidding it's true <laughs> it's true oh these I conversations know. get me all fired up and i I just feel like I want to say to you and I, you guys, you two ladies and me and all the listeners Mm -hmm. that I'm also just sorry it's this way Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to be. And it's a lot to hold. I think that's like, I feel it as we talk about it. It's just so palpable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, doing a good job, everybody. Thanks, Heather. Yep. All right. Let's, let's take a break so we can shake our shoulders out. Um, shake, shake our reasonable anger (laughs) off. And then we're going to be back with something that is not going to make us angry. It's going to make us happy. Good news is coming up in a second. Time for good news. Time for good news. Everybody welcome to the good news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're back. I've been listening to a lot of rap with August lately. <laughs> yes, rap And girl. I've been, uh, I've discovered Mac Miller. Did you guys ever listen to Mac mm-hmm. Miller? I don't know. Let's he's, hear it. he's not alive anymore, sadly. Yeah, I can't rap. Y'all, I can't rap. But I kind of want to. Wow. I want to come in to good news and, and kind of rap sing. But 
I think I need to practice before I do this it. This is very anticlimactic. <laughs> you need to just do it. <laughs> Are we keeping this or cutting this? What, what happened? God. I, think, I think it's going to be good because Josh likes to be funny about things, but okay, do okay. it. We're keeping okay, it. Okay, I'm gonna, but Here I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Here we go. I wanted good news. I want some. I want some good news. Mm-mm, good news. Mm-mm, good news. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. That, that was my very first try. So, listeners, I'll be back Smooth rap. It was like no. a compilation of different. <laughs> yeah, there were some top rap. Different genres. There. Top rap. White. White forty-year-old lady rap. Yeah. Okay. It was something. Thanks, guys. Um, I I have some good news. The I dropped off August this week. I dropped him off at school. And um he gets out of the car and he goes in and I just had this overwhelming gratitude mm-hmm. of it's working. Mm-hmm. And it's just working. And he just walks walk just like watching him walk on campus and being a member of his school. <sighs> Talk about an exhale. So that's my mm. good news. Just so that. grateful for that. Mike or Mercedes, do you have any good news? I have good news from a listener. Ooh, let's hear it. Sarah Lynn Bailey says, my older sister, Julie, has Down syndrome and most likely undiagnosed autism. And listening to your episodes has been incredibly relatable and encouraging. My husband and I have recently created a nonprofit arts organization called Theater Agape, focused on removing barriers to entry and offering truly inclusive experiences. This past Friday, November 3rd, we opened our first ever inclusive and adaptive main stage musical, The Wizard of Oz. The show features three cast members who have Down syndrome. Our belief is that inclusion can change perspectives and watching the cast members grow together, neurotypical, abled, neurodiverse, differently abled, and disabled alike has been nothing short of phenomenal. Thank you for speaking to the importance of creating inclusive activities. (gasps) What? Okay, Okay, Sarah Lynn Bailey. Yeah, Sarah Lynn. Where is this magical theater program? Theater Agape. But is it like in Redlands? Wow. Are you in Redlands? Are you in Redlands? <laughs> Are you down the street from my house? Can you be? Oh my gosh, we should have Sarah Lynn Bailey on the podcast. I want to hear. Oh, yeah, for no. sure. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Gosh, that's some good news. Call us, Sarah Lynn Bailey. Email us. <laughs> Tell us everything. Yeah, for sure. A beautiful one. But really, Sarah Lynn Bailey, hello at the luckyfewpodcast.com. Yeah. We've got follow-up that we'd like to have you on an episode to talk more about this. And listeners in Redlands area, you should do this. I've got two actors. <laughs> Ready to be lead. <laughs> Ready to lead. They, I think one for sure. August will yeah, take the for lead. Yeah, one for sure. For sure. No doubt. Uh-oh. Uh, mom. Theater mom. Here I come. Theater mom. Oh, gosh. Oh dear. Oh dear. Micah, do you have some good news you want um, to share? I yeah, I have I have some good news. I am just feeling like ace 
is, I'm not feeling like Ace is proactively using his talker. He's doing an amazing job saying hi and bye to people. He is asking for more than mango, even though my story said otherwise. And he is saying things like go and, um, and yes and no, and things that I've really hoped for for him. So we are celebrating his, his steps towards more and more and more Amazing. Good job, Ace. Ace face. And good job, Micah. Thanks, girl. And Chris. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's some effort. Okay, friends, let's wrap this one up. You ready to wrap it in a nice wrap it. bow? Listeners, did you know you can get 10% off all of your purchases at theluckyfew.co? Use code podcast. And then Josh, thanks for editing this episode and Ashley Fracolosi for producing it. And if you like this episode, be sure you share it with your family and friends. It helps so much to get the word out. We want more and more people to be part of this community. And don't forget to subscribe. We also want to thank the sponsors of this episode, Jack's Basket and Enable S&P. And what else? Oh, yes. Check out thelikeyoupodcast.com for show notes and all the things we talked about today, including Heather's fur coat photo <laughs> i guess it's, itch, it's really <laughs> itchy right now you guys so. I love it. and be I gotta, sure to follow change. us on social media at the lucky few pod and dear listeners you are slaying it just as you are being reasonable and not difficult and we love you and we're cheering you on can't wait for another episode where we can be together next week until then keep on showing up do it showing up bye 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 Thank you.